everyone. Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. Uh, you know this, this podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have in your life, whatever that may be. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? And I'm your host, Darren Johnson. In this episode, I'm also your guest, and I cannot wait to serve that role. As always, thank you so much for listening. And subscribe to this podcast as a reminder. Many of you are. The growth that we're seeing <laughs> is a lot of fun. Uh, word is getting out. We are, we are being discovered right now, and that's a lot of fun, and that's in thanks to all of you. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, at IDareYouPod. There you'll find exclusive content you will not find anywhere else. You know, all around us are these huge milestones that we're living through, and you may have missed this one. This one just happened in November. According to the United Nations, we now have 8 billion humans are living on planet Earth. Can you believe that? 8 billion people. Each one has asked the same three questions. Do I matter? Am I known? And who am I becoming? And the I Dare You podcast, it is designed to help all of us answer those three questions that we all wrestle with. Do I matter? Am I known? And especially, especially, who am I becoming? So are you ready? Let's get this episode started. It's going to be a good one. Now, lately I've been hot on the topic of influence and power, especially as it relates to leadership. And guess what? Every one of us is a leader, regardless of what our job title says. Some of you work outside the home. Some of you work inside the home. Some of you are retired. You may not. Regardless, you are a leader. You lead others and you influence others, whether you're aware of it or not. You have power. You have influence that goes far beyond any formal title. You know, a title, that's just granted to you. It's really superficial if you think about it. No, I'm talking about the kind of influence that changes the direction of lives, of the people that we interact with and the people we care about and changes our own. So you may be asking the question, how can we have more influence? We're one of 8 billion people. How can we make our lives here, make it count, and do some good while we're here? Well, in this episode, we're going to give you some practical and powerful tools, some small adjustments that you can make that will have a huge impact, not only in your career trajectory and your leadership skills, but allow you to influence others in some pretty cool ways. Before we get there, you know, this year, 2023, Everyone, make sure you're watching for artificial intelligence. You're hearing about it everywhere. It's AI. We're on the verge of a true disruption in our society. Huge investments from venture capital are have has started and will continue. New companies are coming. Entrepreneurs will be diving in. It'll change the way we live in all industries. A few examples. Transportation, of course, Automatic cars or autonomous cars will become a little bit more commonplace. A long way to go, but we're getting there. Manufacturing, AI-powered robots will be working side-by-side -side with humans. And healthcare, we're going to be able to diagnose diseases faster. Media is also being impacted. Journalism is harnessing AI. And I don't know about you, but this sounds so familiar. This is exactly how the movie The Terminator started. In fact, I'm pretty sure it is. So what's the point? With all this growth in technology, artificial intelligence, social media, but I think it's time to fight back. And I hope you're gonna join me because the art of human connection, it is not dying. In fact, it is more relevant than ever because of the technology, which is what makes it stand out more. It's almost like in the dark and you see a flashlight. You recognize those who practice the art of human connection now more than ever because it's becoming more rare. And because of that, it's, it has more influence. You can make a true person-to-person -person connection or a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. You then are differentiated from others in meaningful ways that very few people can touch. And artificial intelligence definitely cannot touch. 
a few seconds ago reminded you that you are a leader. All of us are leaders. And being a great leader starts with connection. So leadership is about many things, but it is about human connection at its core. You know, many of you know who Malcolm Gladwell is. He's a fantastic author. One of his books is Outliers. And if you haven't read it yet, I write it down and order it. It's, it's incredible. Yes, I've asked him to be on the podcast, and I'm still waiting. <laughs> but so if you know Malcolm Gladwell, or Malcolm, if you're listening, I'd love to have you in the pod. But his book, Outliers, seeks to answer the question, what makes high achievers different? Quote, it is not the brightest who succeed. It is rather a gift. Outliers are those who have been given opportunities and who have had the strength and presence of mind to seize them, unquote. And connecting with others is that gift. When you become great at at the art of human connection, not only are you going to get a lot more done and you're going to have a lot more fun doing it, but you're going to be performing at a completely different level. But it's a challenge, isn't it? Despite the fact that we are all more connected due to our devices, we're battling isolation and loneliness. In fact, in one study of Americans ages 19 to 32, the top 25% of social media users were twice as likely to report feeling lonely as the people using it the least. Nearly half of all Americans today say that they are lonely. I mean, I look at social media. Have you noticed the, the, the amount of anger and the behavior on social media is just shameful? We say things to each other in social media that we would never, ever say face-to-face. It's almost like we forgot what we learned in kindergarten. Social media gives us the anonymity just to behave badly, to say whatever we want. Manners go out the window. But here's what I believe. As humans, we are hardwired to connect with others and to form a community. And I think we've fallen into a bit of a trap that technology has replaced this joy of connecting with others in this personal and intimate way. And I'm afraid we're losing this art of human connection. So now let's talk about how we can reverse this trend. Now here are four things that we can practice to become truly great at connecting with others. Notice I said the word practice. You'll hear that again. This is a process. This is not an event. This is like practicing free throws. If you're a basketball player or practicing anything in life, you need to keep working at it and working at it until it becomes just second nature and it becomes muscle memory. So let's practice this. And when you do, just watch how things change. First, make eye contact. You know, psychologists and neuroscientists, they've been studying this for decades. You've heard the phrase, the eyes are the window to the soul. Now, later today, for the next 24 hours, I'd like for you to do a self-assessment on how often you make eye contact with others. And if you're like most people, if you're like me, you're going to discover that your eyes and your attention, they're focused on something or someone else. You might be looking at, what, email or text messages or notification goes off. Or you might be uncomfortable looking deep into someone's eyes because it can be an intimate experience. Ever had that feeling? It can be. However, as you practice making eye contact, you'll begin to find it's a refreshing experience. In fact, American poet Anne Sexton wrote, quote, I like you. Your eyes are full of language, unquote. Dr. Christian Jarrett said that being able to look into someone's eyes is the closest that you will ever get to touching brains with someone else because you are the object of someone else's mind. Now, there's a lot of research on eye contact. Those who make eye contact are perceived as more conscientious more intelligent, more sincere, more believable. Now, of course, this is based on Western culture. I know there are cultural differences. 
You know, many of us confuse being in proximity as being the same as being present. But let me reframe this for you. There's power in proximity, especially when you are physically close to someone and you make eye contact. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are a lot of social norms at play when making eye contact. Prolonged eye contact can quickly be interpreted as a glare or as staring or something creepy. <laughs> but, but I think you get my point. In fact, research indicates the ideal amount of time for eye contact where it's, it's social norms is about three seconds. And three seconds is exactly this long. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, glance away. And then you can look again. <laughs> After nine seconds, you've now crossed into the creepy zone. So be aware of that as you practice this. I'd love for you to try this quick experiment and you'll start to understand what I mean. Just for one day, just put your phone away and in every meeting, at every meal, and during any conversation, look each person you interact with in the eye and hold that eye contact. Focus on what they're saying. Be present. Listen to them actively. And just notice how your interactions will change. Be aware of how this makes you feel and watch how it makes others feel. I suspect you're gonna notice how they feel more respected, they feel seen, they feel valued, and guess what happens then? They reciprocate the same kind of behavior right back to you. Now here's a second strategy that you can practice. What's your name? You know that Dale Carnegie wrote his best-selling book, How to Win Friends and Influence People in 1936. And one of Carnegie's most potent principles is even more critical today. Quote, a person's name is, to that person, the sweetest and most important sound in any language, unquote. How do you feel when someone calls you by your name? Doesn't it feel good? Have you noticed even when you walk into a crowded room and there are thousands of people in the room and it's just buzzing with noise and distractions, but yet you can pick out a conversation where someone says your name. It's happened to you, hasn't it? Even if you go to a large document and there are tons of names on it, how fast you can identify your name and how annoying it is when you, someone misspells your name. By the way, my name is Darren. Do you know how many ways there are to spell Darren? I feel for everyone. I'm putting a lot of pressure on people, D-A-R-R-I-N. But you know, when I was a kid growing up in northern Minnesota, uh, my, my parents would take us to a theme park called Paul Bunyan Land. It was magic. <laughs> One of the highlights of the park was when the giant statue of Paul Bunyan himself would call out the name of every child as they went through the doors. It was incredible. How can Paul Bunyan do that? How does he know my name? Well, I don't want to burst your bubble, but little did I know that the ticket taker would ask the parents the names of the kids and they would radio the names to Paul Bunyan, <laughs> which probably was some teenager sitting up in you know, Paul Bunyan's hat. But the fact that I still remember how I felt is evidence to me that remembering someone's name is the ultimate compliment. Now, many of you right now are thinking, this is great. I'm already pretty good at remembering names. Um, I get it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it up a notch. There may be some of you that are, that are saying to yourself, I'm not good at names. I hear it all the time. I'm just not good at, at names. I'm going to challenge you on this, that the fact that you're not good at names is just that you're not practicing enough to get great at remembering names. So here are some tips that you can put into place right away. First, Use face association. What's the, what's the distinguishing feature of that individual you, that will help you remember their first name? Now, the office um, did a funny spoof on this, so be careful <laughs> with this. But a really simple one would be, let's say the person's name is Bill. 
Well, when you visualize Bill and his face, think about on his left shoulder is a dollar bill. Bill. Now, don't call him dollar, <laughs> but his name is Bill. Next, you, you meet Claire. Claire is just wonderful. And you see her face and what's on her left shoulder? It's an Eau Claire. Again, don't call her a sweet roll. Call her an Eau Claire. But these are the different types of things you can practice and try. In fact, here's an exercise for you. Listen close. Here we go. I have three children. I have Hannah, Sam, and Sonia. When you think of Hannah, I want you to think of a hand. Can you see it? My son's name is Sam. I want you to think of that hand grabbing a Sam missile, surface-to-air missile, shooting through the sky. <laughs> My youngest child is Sonia. I'm thinking of Sony, like a radio. So that hand grasping the Sam missile, flying through the air, crashes into a radio in midair. Can you see it? So when you meet me, I want you to remember the, the names of my kids. Are you ready? Han, Sam, Sonia. Second, it's just good old-fashioned repetition. When you meet somebody, you repeat their name back. And third, take notes. There's no shame in that. In fact, one of the things that I try to do, I'm not, I'm not perfect at it, but I lo always love to practice it, is when I go to big events, when I'm going to be meeting a lot of people, in my pocket, I have a pen and a piece of paper or a notepad. And as soon as I'm meeting a bunch of people, I'll just, when I have a moment, I'll just write down the names of the last five people I met with any type of memory device I need so that I'll always remember them. And if carrying a pen and a piece of paper is too much, you got this thing called your iPhone and the notes section where you can do the same. It just takes a little bit of planning and practice. And what does success look like? It's when someone says to you, how are you so good at names? When people say that to you, you'll know. You'll know you're having more influence and you are connecting with others on a completely different level. Third way to connect with others is to have this mindset of being curious, a curious mindset. Here's what we mean by that. During your conversations, make a goal to understand as much as you can about the topic being discussed. Train your brain to be curious about what's being said and why it's being said. When you do so, you'll prevent your mind from being distracted and help you become a better active listener. So here are just a few examples of things you can try to keep yourself 100% focused on the individual and also then to become more curious as a listener. First, if you want to discover more, you might say, you said X. Tell me more about that. Or to clarify something, you may say, I'm not sure I caught your last point. Can you go over that again? Maybe you want to understand something a little bit better. You might say, tell me, when you said X, What's behind that? Why is that so important to you? And maybe you just want to repeat it back to clarify. You might say, let me see if I've got this right. You think X, Y, and Z. Do I have it? Am I missing anything? Or if you want to go deeper into a topic, you might say, I think I'm getting what you're saying. Is there anything that we've discussed that you think I don't understand? Or just to have a positive mindset and affirming what you're hearing, you might say, wow, that is incredible. What's the best thing you learned from that situation? Questions like that that you can practice and just write them down and just try these in the workplace and wherever you go, you'll find that you'll just become more curious and more attentive. And as you do so, they also then will reciprocate and they will appreciate the fact you're taking such an interest in whatever topic you're talking about. All right, so let's role play something right now. Uh, I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho, which is close to Jackson, Wyoming about two hours away. And on the weekends, everybody, we go up toward Jackson, we go to Persephone Bakery. It's just a great bakery. We love it. <laughs> it's incredible. 
So now with that as the backdrop, let's role play this. You and I come into the office on Monday morning and you say to me, hey, Darren, how was your weekend? And I'm going to say, it was great. We went up to Jackson. We went to Persephone Bakery. It was just so awesome. All right. You've got a choice there. You can nod your head and just make it really transactional. Or you can practice something like this. Persephone Bakery. I've never heard of Persephone Bakery. Why do you drive two hours to go to a bakery? <laughs> Which is the right question, by the way. And I'm going to tell you this. You've never heard of Persephone Bakery. Oh my gosh, you need to know about it because the young couple that started it probably about 10 years ago, they, they went over to France to learn how to bake. In fact, they make this cinnamon brioche that is life-changing. I kid you not. And so yes, it's a two-hour drive for Michelle and I on a Saturday and it is worth every minute. You just have to try it. Now, the fact that you just asked me that question, I'm telling you, that great curious question. I feel connected with you. I love you for asking. And guess what? You're probably more likely to reciprocate with a little more detail about what you did over the weekend as well. So what's the point? Be less transactional. Be curious and watch what happens. What you're going to find is that these types of conversations that are just curious are the ones where both people are engaged, they're contributing, they're learning from each other, where we are making eye contact with each other. We're listening, we're empathizing, we may be getting vulnerable with each other, our trust is going up. There's a true give and take, which makes it a really intimate experience. There's this chemistry that occurs that only happens face to face. Now, the last tip I'm gonna give you has to do with reaching out to others in different ways, sending messages to people. Yes, you can definitely write handwritten notes. When's the last time you got a handwritten note for someone that said something like this? Dear Jane, thank you very much for XYZ. I appreciate what you did. No one can do this better than you. Thanks again. When's the last time that happened? If it did, you remember it, I guarantee you. The impact you can have on others and, there, and the way to build that relationship is, uh, can only happen through a handwritten note. You know, recently I learned of a college basketball coach who schedules something fundamental at the end of each day. At the end of the day, this coach sends a text message to three people who need some encouragement. Three people that need encouragement. Hey, who doesn't need encouragement? I don't care who you are. Everyone needs encouragement. He also sends a text message to three people who he wants to recognize for doing some great work. And that example, I think, is just phenomenal. And that has inspired me to practice some of that in my personal and professional life. And I hope that you are inspired to do the same. And even, even as I shared that story, a person came to mind. Whoever that was, at the end of this podcast, send them the text or write them that note. When that name crosses your mind, that's a real signal from the universe to do it. <laughs> send it. Whatever's on your heart, send it. If you want an example of what a text message might sound like, uh, my advice is don't overthink it at all. Uh, but here's what it might be. Hey, Bill, you're on my mind today. You are exceptional at coordinating X. No one does it better. Thanks for showing us how it's done. And your name. It could be anything. Just go from the heart and just do it. Don't overthink it. Okay, so now with this information, what are we going to do with all this to become great at connecting with others so that we can have more influence than ever? Well, here it comes. Here's what we can do. And my challenge to you this week is practice eye contact. Be more aware of the eye contact you're making or not making and step into that. And then practice remembering names, whether it's through repetition or writing names down or these memory devices. 
Practice being curious in the conversations that you have. Have some fun with it. And send a few text messages to those who either need encouragement or you want to recognize. That's it. That's what I want to share with you. It's the art of human connection. It's something that is rarely taught, but has such an impact on other people's lives, including your own. So if you enjoyed this episode, please do share with others. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I Dare You Pod. So thank you for listening to this podcast and being part of this community. And then get ready for episode 52. We have got a great guest lined up. He is not artificial intelligence. He is the real deal. He's a real human being. And we're going to practice the art of human connection next week as well. So I can't wait for you to hear this interview. It's going to be another good one. I'll see you next week on the I Dare You podcast. I'll see you there.